Hello, welcome to this podcast called Finding Inspiration. It's a 20 or so minute weekly podcast where we interview someone with an amazing story. After the show, I know you're going to feel energized, invigorated, and inspired. I'm Jennifer Weissman. Welcome to Finding Inspiration. What if I told you that that little bar of soap that you use in your hotel shower, maybe once or twice, could actually go on and save millions of lives? I don't think you'd believe me, but I am going to change your mind. Today, we're speaking with the founder of Clean the World, Sean Seipler. He is here and he's going to talk about how recycled soap is actually saving millions of lives around the world. 13 years ago, I ran a global sales team for a technology company and um, I was on the road four nights a week. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was a serial entrepreneur, if you will. I you know, I had my first you know, lemonade stand and success at the age of seven. Uh, so I always wanted to start my own business and made a couple of attempts. At that time, I was uh, 13 years ago, I was thinking about sustainability and green technology as an entrepreneur. That would be uh, something that, um, that you know, the world needed and, and certainly would be relevant for, for many years to come. So I was looking for items of waste. I managed two accounts directly that were in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a very cold place. I'm originally from South Florida, so I have very thin, warm-blooded veins. So that's what you do when you're traveling for business and it's super cold in Minneapolis. You stare at soap. And drinking. Uh, to stay warm, to stay alive. That's exactly right. And it was the middle of a, of a winter day in uh, in Minneapolis. And, and so I, I was thinking, I wonder what happens to the soap. Because my normal four-day schedule would usually find me in four different cities. So I never took the bar of soap or bottle shampoo with me. So I called the front desk and asked what happened to the bar of soap and bottle shampoo when I was done using it. And they chuckled and they said, you want another cocktail? I said, sure, that'll work. But I'd like to know what happens. They said, we throw it away. So I thought that was interesting. So I immediately went to my computer and did a little bit of research. And at that time, in 2009, there were 4.6 million hotel rooms in the United States. And there was a 60% occupancy rate. Uh, and the average stay was one and a half days. So I did some quick back of envelope math and said, well, if all hotels across the United States were throwing their soap away, that was a few million bars of soap a day. And I kind of then extrapolated that out globally. And yeah, the number was probably four to five million bars of soap every day that were being thrown away. So I thought that's an interesting thing. That's a lot of waste. So over the upcoming days and weeks, I went down the track of could I recycle soap and found some very simple ways to uh, rebatch it, which is really to melt it down and reform it into a new bar. Please tell me you clean that soap that's left in the hotel bathroom. Yeah. I mean, the, the if you're a soap maker and you are rebatching soap, generally you have uh, you know new ingredients. They're not dirty. They don't need to be sanitized. So just that act from a rebatching perspective, just sort of melting down, reforming. That's that's usually done with the smaller, you know, boutique soap makers and how they 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 make their soap. So I, I knew there was something there that could get a soap bar recycled. There was still a lot to learn in terms of surface cleaning it and sterilizing and all the things that we eventually had to do. But I knew we could do something. We could we could recycle it. Then the track became okay. Well, what am I going to do with recycled soap? So I asked a few family members, you know, if you went to Whole Foods, you went to the grocery store and 
there was a recycled bar of soap. Would you buy it? They, they all said no. And I thought, well, you know, could I send it? I, I just didn't know. That led down a track where I found a study uh, in a second study and a third study and ended up finding about 10 studies. They all said the same thing. Again, this is 2009. At that time, there were 9,000 children under the age of five that were dying every single day to pneumonia and diarrheal disease. Number one and number two leading cause of death amongst children under the age of five worldwide. Every one of these studies said that if you just gave them soap and taught them how and when to wash their hands, that you could cut those deaths in half. And that was literally the moment, I can still remember it distinctly, where I was sitting on my bed and I've got all these studies laid out and the light bulb went off. Wow, we could take all this used soap from hotels when guests are done using them, recycle it, and send it to children around the world. I mean, there's 9,000 children dying and there's millions of bars of soap available every day. I just got to figure out how to get the millions of bars to the 9,000 children. And that was the moment that the clean the world idea was was born. So the stars align and you decide you're going to figure out a way to grab the soap from the hotels and get it to the kids that really need it. So what did you do? Immediately, like within the next few sort of days and, and, and weeks, I started to recycle soap in my kitchen. And so as I went on business trips, uh, I would find myself uh, running into various hotel rooms that housekeepers were cleaning. And I was literally trying to grab used soap and dirty soap. And uh, if you can just imagine putting all that in a, in a bag and then shoveling that around through my trips to bring it to my home kitchen and, uh, and to literally do batches. And I was testing how much water and how much heat and, you know, how would it cook and how did it perform. It, I remember my mother giving us our, our first piece of equipment, which was a food processor, which I needed to chop up all the soap to be able to kind of flake it so that I could I could cook it. Uh, eventually, <clears throat> I started telling the idea to my family members. Uh, now, I am, I am half German and half Puerto Rican. So I, I, I went to my German family members and I said, I got this great idea. We're going to take you soap from hotels, recycle it, and we're going to give it to people all over the world. And they said, please do not quit your day job. That doesn't sound like a great idea. And I said, okay. So I switched my pitch up a little bit. And I went to my Puerto Rican family members and I said, listen, I got this great idea. We're going to take soap from hotels. We're going to recycle it. We're going to save children's lives all over the world. And all my Puerto Rican family members said, we are in. Tell us what we need to do. Literally got into my cousin's single car garage, myself and, and my Puerto Rican family members. And we sat around on upside down pickle buckets we were collecting soap from hotels in the Orlando area, just bringing it into this single car garage factory. We all sat around on upside down pickle buckets with potato peelers, and we would scrape the outside of bars of soap first to surface clean it. Uh, and then from there, we took those surface clean bars and we put them into a meat grinder. And the meat grinder would grind it up into like a spaghetti noodle. And then we had these cookers, these Kenmore cookers that we had four of them. And so we would put the soap in these cookers. We'd cook it for a couple of hours. That would cook out all the impurities. That would turn it into a paste. Um, and then when it was done cooking, we had these big wood soap molds and we would put wax paper down. We'd put the paste on, put another layer of wax paper, top it, clamp it, let it sit. It would dry overnight. The next day we had wire cutters and we would cut the soap out from the wood uh, molds and then we put the soap on racks and we had fans that were blowing it dry for another 24 hours. Um, the music always had to be playing with my Puerto Rican workforce. 
And, uh, and, and, and true. So we had to figure out, you know, the power would cut in the house about every 30 minutes. So you could only have so many cookers on when the meat grinder was going and because of the music stopped, the production stopped. So we had to maintain the, the music and true story. The first time that the police drove by the garage, uh, they were very curious to see what all of us Puerto Ricans were cooking. Oh, what a sight that must have been. Are you serious? So they literally came out and they came in the garage and I gave them a tour. And of course, it smelled like soap and it looked like soap and they determined it was soap. And uh, that was literally how we started in that single car garage, just cooking soap and and doing everything we could to save lives. (laughs) Okay, so just back up a second. I just want to understand this. While you were working for this company, you were going around picking up used soap from various bathrooms in various hotels, grabbing it in a plastic bag and bringing it back home with you inside of your suitcase. Is that right? Not only that, I was such a good boss that my the, 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 the executives and national sales managers that worked for me, I made them do it as well. So, the, so I was literally just talking to one of them uh, last week who worked for me at that time. And he said, you remember when you used to travel and used to make us run into rooms and grab used soap? And uh, I said, yes, I do remember. And look at the result of that today. So, uh, so yes, I, I not not just myself, but I actually directed folks to go out and get that soap because I had to, I had to figure it out. I had to see if it would work. I'm really hoping you're going to say things have come a long way since upside down pickle buckets. What's going on with Clean the World today in 2022? So today we have recycling operational centers across the globe. We have a center in Orlando, Las Vegas, Montreal, uh, Punta Cana. Amsterdam, and in Hong Kong. Uh, We are opening one in mainland China. We operate about 8,000 hotels across North America, the Caribbean. We're across the EU and UK. And then we also operate hotels in Hong Kong, Macau, Singapore, Taiwan, and Japan. Again, soon, hopefully into mainland China. Uh, We have sent in 13 years, we have distributed about 75 million free bars of soap to children and mothers across the globe, 127 countries across the globe, where we have distributed uh, soap and product. We respond to uh, relief humanitarian efforts. So we are right now, we're coordinating with a a great partner of ours to get soap uh, into Romania, Poland, and then eventually into Ukraine to help uh, those in Ukraine. Uh, We have helped uh, Somalian refugees, Syrian refugees, uh, southern border of the United States, every typhoon, hurricane, the Haiti earthquake. That was really the first major humanitarian response we had that happened on January 12, 2010. And uh, we were on the ground immediately handing soap out to those in tent cities. Because when natural disasters occur, when uh, displacement occurs, uh, you don't think about the hygiene side of it. And a, a bad hygiene episode um, if you recall back in after the Haiti earthquake, not, not too many months after that, there was a major cholera outbreak. And you see that times, um, you know, in the Southeast Asia, when you have after typhoons and flooding and, and when water rises, you see the, the cholera and the dysentery spread and you just don't think about the importance of soap and hygiene. So that's what we do now. Much, 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 much bigger of an operation than that single car garage on the upside down pickle buckets with potato peelers. <laughs> Sean, I'd love to hear some stories, actually on the ground stories of parents and mothers and fathers who've been grateful to receive the soap that you're creating and giving to them. Can you share any real life stories with us? I have some really impactful stories. Um, our first trip to Haiti 
was in the summer of 2009. We only had 2,000 bars of soap that we had made in the garage. We loaded that on a propeller airplane and we flew into the northern part of Haiti into Cape Haitian. From the airport, loaded up cars and went right to a church service that was at one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Middle July, it is hot, steamy. We come into the back of this major building and in Haiti, most of the buildings don't have roofs on them because if you don't have a roof, you don't end up paying taxes. So most of the most of the structures just are all open aired on the on the second level or top level. So we come into the back of this church. When I walk through the inner of the building and come out to the front end, there are 10,000 people in this church building, no roof, one o'clock Wednesday afternoon, and we have 2,000 bars of soap. First thing I'm thinking is, we don't have nearly enough soap. As the uh, Pastor Brutus, who was our Caribbean director, who is the uh, uh, one of the heads of the Evangelical Church of Haiti, who kind of set us up into this, this church, he starts calling up people who have had, specifically mothers, who have had children that passed away to cholera and to dysentery. One by one, we had mothers coming up who did not have access to soap, who did not understand uh, when and, and how and the why on soap. So many of them were had a child in their hand and were telling us about the children that they buried or the two children that they buried and how they understand. You know, we had just given them a, sort of a lesson on soap. They understand why they need it and they were appreciative of what we were giving them and asking us to continue to come back and to give them more soap. And so that impacted me to see these mothers who were literally were lining up to share their stories of their children that had died. I remember in the Dominican Republic and in Honduras, we oftentimes when we hand soap out, uh, we have a song that's an educational song that goes with it. It's a, it's a wash your hands song that is set to the tune of La Bamba. Uh, and uh, para lavar los manos, para lavar los manos, se necesita un poco de agua, un poco de agua y jabón, y jabón, y jabón. So we, and we have a skit where Super Jabón, Super Soap, and Super Agua, they're the superheroes, and they beat the Hermanes, the germs. And so the germs will go out and they'll, usually it's mothers and kids. And so the, the germs will go out and they'll make noise and they'll make, you know, sounds and the kids will scream. And then Super Agua and Super Jabón, they will come out and they'll kill the germ. And then we'll hand out soap. And I, I could just remember handing out and having so many women crying. They're so grateful. They're hugging us. They're kissing us. They are saying to us that they are praying for us to, to and this is where it's really just the irony in it is like, we're praying for you so you can bring more soap to other mothers around the world. So you can give this to, to, to women who need around the world. And it's a, it's, it's a bar of soap that we throw away millions of times a day out of hotels across the globe. And yet mothers are just literally weeping and grateful and so ecstatic and spiritually connected to it uh, because they understand the value and the gift and so appreciative. So those things have really stuck with me. Those moments have really stuck with me to see what uh, what the appreciation that, that, that happens from a little bar soap. So there was a hygiene revolution that occurred. The hygiene revolution came about in Chicago, in New York, in London, in places where you had high congested, lots of folks started to understand what soap meant and its power and how it would help save lives. And, and this is when consumer brands that we know of today 
when they really launched out uh, because they understood the importance of the health. The study literally concluded that because children get baths in developed countries, they have a better opportunity to learn, to digest, to have cognitive skills than those in developing countries because they use so much of their body's growth energy uh, to literally fight disease and pathogen and not develop their brain. It, it, it literally comes down to de developed countries and economies may simply be that way because there's soap and hygiene and clean water and baths available to children versus in the developing countries that have dirty water, don't have soap, do not have hygiene, do not have some of those basic needs. So now I have to ask the question, Sean, how does clean the world make money? It's not a bad word. How does it make money? Early on in uh, the garage days, we thought we would just be a 501c3 nonprofit and we would seek donations. If you recall back then, the economy was in a uh, tough spot and uh, I had never operated in a nonprofit environment and so therefore had a hard time getting somebody to uh, give me money for a, for a mission. Uh, I was used to selling technology and other deals and so there's always an ROI and somebody would pay you for services. Early on, we really were um, failing financially. Um, we were unable to, to, to use that donation model. So we really sat back and said, you know, we're providing a value to hotels. The value that we're providing includes taking away their trash, their waste that they would otherwise give to their waste management vendor. We are giving them a green sustainable program that hotel guests want and care about. We're giving them a socially impactful program uh, that they can talk about. They can put in their social media. They can put press releases around. They can market. We're giving them a program that's a really awesome human resource program. Those room attendants and those housekeepers, they're coming from countries that we are ultimately sending soap back to. When they know in here that their hotel and that their corporate brands are participating in this program that helps get soap back to Honduras and Guatemala and Mexico and Dominican Republic, their energy and their excitement, not just for our program and for the hotel, but for other green and sustainable programs that the hotel is, is trying to, to implement, it increases and they care a lot more about it. You know what? That's a value. There's a value there. So we created a hotel recycling program fee. And so today, those 8,000 hotels, they are paying customers. We also created a hybrid model. So we have a 501c3 and we have a for-profit B Corp, beneficiary corp. Those hotels pay on average between 50 cents to 80 cents per room per month for our program. So they're paying a 100 room hotel is paying 50 bucks to 80 bucks a month. That includes all of their bins, all of their implementation materials, it includes all the shipping of empty bins to their properties and then the shipping of the full bins back to our recycling centers. Uh, and it includes all of their impact statements. So they know exactly at the hotel level, at the management company level, at the corporate flag level, they know exactly how much landfill diversion, how much space they've saved in a landfill, how much water savings, power savings, how much carbon savings, and then how many lives they're touching, how many hand washes they've handed out, how many people have gotten access to the soap that's come out of their hotels. And so that impact reporting not only falls in line with hotels, uh, uh, ESGs, and we also give them their United Nations Sustainable Development Goals areas that they're impacting. So they know what they're doing with respect to UN SDGs. They know what they're doing with respect to sustainability and impact. Uh, and they're able to market that. They're able to talk about that. They're able to put that in their global citizenship reports, which is a value that now hits 
marketing, branding, ESG, sustainability, waste reduction, etc. Sean, what you're doing is unbelievable. I don't know anyone in the first world countries whose kids are dying of diarrhea. I mean, the fact that you're changing lives this way is is amazing. I wish you continued success. And I know Clean the World is going to be spreading their clean message all over the world. Thank you so much. So grateful. So happy to come back on your show as well. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us this week on Finding Inspiration. Hey, I would appreciate it if you would click on that subscribe button and share this podcast with a friend. See you next week. I'm Jennifer Weissman.